on RNIB Connect Radio, we always like to hear from our listeners, and it's always interesting for us to hear about other people's sight loss journeys. It's all about letting people know that even if you start to lose your sight, it's not the end of the road. There is light at the end of the tunnel, and we've spoken to many people who have gone through different stages of sight loss when they were young or elderly, the impact it's had on them, their family, their friends, and how things have begun to improve. Well, well, today we are speaking with Valerie Theratuerto. Tell me, Valerie, a little bit about you first of all. I'm married. I have two wonderful sons. I have three lovely grandsons. I'm 69, but in my head, I think I still feel 30. You know, there's still lots of me to get out, but the old sight is a problem. My eyesight problem started, well, maybe when I was born, but I didn't know until I went to school. And the teachers realised that I was very, very short-sighted. And over the years, I wore very, very thick glasses. Over the years, the, the, the left eye, I've had little hemorrhages. And I also have macular degeneration. So one minute I feel really tough and strong and I can deal with this. And then the next, I kind of get frustrated, angry, all kinds of emotions. At this point... I think I'm managing, but as I said, it's a day-to-day thing, but I've never been a quitter, and I've always felt a problem solvable. I've brought up a family, helped to run my husband's business, and I've always been the focus, I suppose, of the family. I did secretarial work. My father thought every young lady should become a secretary, and I worked in an office for a few years and then I thought well I'm not getting gratification from this so I went into nursing I I enjoyed it so much but when it came to taking sutures out it affected my confidence and I had to give it up because of my sight and there's been quite a few things that you come up against a brick wall your enthusiasm's there but the old sight says no it sounds, Valerie, like you are still a very positive, you know, glass half full person because you have these knockbacks, and I'm sure many of our listeners will relate to this, including myself. Um, you find these issues that your sight brings up, knocks you a bit, but what is it that keeps you coming back, keeps you trying something else? My children, my grandchildren, I want them to be proud of me. I would never want them to see me as somebody that kind of just curled up and gave in. For instance, I went to Cuba for two weeks and it was touch and go whether I was going to go. I went with my husband. We have been 16 times before, so I do know the place and the people, but my eyesight has deteriorated so much since we were there before and it was the really up to the last minute that I decided that I would go. I think the most important thing is you need support. My husband was extremely good and the Cuban people are very kind and it was the best decision I could have made because if I had decided not to go, I would have hated myself. It gave me a bit of confidence to go forward for the next thing. The chap come from the sensory team, and one of the things he offered me was a cane 
because, as I said, we live in a little town. I only go maybe once a fortnight. I get a taxi down and just navigate round. It's quite little narrow streets. And when he offered me the cane, my pride said, oh, no, I don't want that. Well, now I've decided I have to have it. And it's kind of like baby steps, really. I've always been a person that liked to take care of how I looked. And one thing that is very difficult for me now is to try and put some makeup on. So I went and had my eyebrows tattooed because that was the hardest thing to do. My youngest son, who's had quite a few problems, he's type 1 diabetic, and he says, Mum, there's always a way, and I try and follow that. I've always loved to do my flowers in the summer, the hanging baskets, and and this year I thought, how on earth am I going to manage? Well, at this point, I don't think they look too bad. Valerie, you know, an interesting point you made there, if I can just take you back a little bit. I can really empathise with this in a way when I lost my sight, was I was probably more embarrassed about the difficulties I was having when I was amongst friends and family. I thought yeah. I was holding them back. They don't understand what's going on. But like you used the word pride, and I kind of got that as well. And when I was offered the cane and even the guide dog, I didn't want it because I thought I'm giving in. And it's not until you actually get over that barrier. I used the cane and I'm now on my third guide dog that I kind of wonder now what was the problem. It's acceptance, isn't it? And mm. it's like when you get a new pair of shoes and you have to break them in. That might sound really <laughs> silly, but don't get me wrong. I get my angry moments. I know the second day we were on holiday and I think I must have taken a lot of emotional baggage with me and I just kind of just got terribly emotional and um, we we're sat on the balcony and I, I I just broke down and cried and I said to my husband I feel like there's a big party here and I'm the only one not invited you know I, I've always liked to be included and I feel isolated and excluded a lot not with my family, but I was always so outgoing. I was the entertainer. I was the one that threw the party. And I can't do a lot of those things now. That, that is something which, which does ring true. Again, Valerie, I, mean, I think some of the things we're talking about here will be very familiar to people going through perhaps the start of that sight loss journey and and that you know i was i was the one who you know at parties was always making my way around the room talking different people doing different things i was the outgoing one when my sight went i felt unable to move you know if you're in a chair at a corner at a table you didn't want to move and you, you felt a bit embarrassed and also with one of the things i loved to do shopping christmas presents for my kids clothes i've always loved clothes I'm quite a feminine person and all of that. I'm not, please don't think I'm vain, but it's it's what makes me Valerie mm. and always has. I used to feel like the ugly duckling when I was a little girl because I had two very beautiful sisters and I had these really thick national health glasses and I grew up with that kind of complex, being called names at school. So I did grow up with a, an inferiority complex and I think that's pushed me on to always take care of myself I can't say I want this I want that this color that because I don't know I shunned away from asking people in shops oh can you help me 
but not now. I say to them, you know, this is it. I trust you. Do whatever. You, you sound as a Valerie as if you've gone over a lot of the barriers, though, because I think when I first went into shops, like you say, going to buy presents or clothes, I didn't want to ask for help. But eventually you kind of have to because I think you have to say to yourself, well, I did anyway, it's not going to get better. There are things there to help me. There's technology and there's just me speaking up and saying, OK, you know, what colour is it? What shape is it? Yeah, oh, can, I, can, yeah. I, can you show me this? To, I, I can feel it. But, you know, at the same time, you think, you know, I don't want people seeing me as blind. It, it's a difficult thing to get over but it sounds as if you've got over quite a lot of that already well i don't i i don't know alan i as i said i go kind of five steps forward and then i'll go you know some back and then i say i've got two choices i think or i swim i'm going to say something that might sound terribly harsh but when we went to cuba as i said we've been there 16 times and the Cuban people, they have a hard time compared to our way of life. Well, we've known some of them for 14 years. One of the ladies that we have known that long, and she's had a, a lot of problems over the years. And she calls me Ballery because they can't pronounce their Vs. And she said, how are your eyes, Ballery? And I said, oh, Yarima, they're really bad since... I saw you last year, and I can't see your face very clear. And she said, well, Valerie, never mind, you're not dead. And I'm just using that as an example in lots of things. Do you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely, and that's the way that, that I look at it, Valerie, is that you know, I've learned all sorts of new technology that allows me to do my job. It allows me to use the internet, email. It allows me to travel independently. I have my guide dog as well, which also does that. I have my family and friends around me. And I think there, there comes a time where you have to look at that glass half full. You, you said you came back from Cuba and your outlook had changed. Was that for the better? Oh, yeah, but because I came back feeling pleased with myself that I'd done it. I can't give in. I want for my life to be as fulfilled as possible and just get stronger each day i'm just not going to fall into a pit of woe is me and pole dark started and if ever anything made me cross the fact that i'm not going to see that guy with his shirt off again <laughs> well it's not fair is it i've always had a, a sense of humor if I lose that, I'm done. Well, don't lose it. You certainly don't sound as if you're losing it, Valerie. Are there organisations you've been in touch with then that, that have helped? I've got to be honest, I'm rubbish with technology. I've sorted out the RNIB, the, the talking books. Oh, my goodness, that has been a godsend. The little box with the memory sticks. I mean, if we'd have had this conversation... In January, it would not have been anything like this. I was in total meltdown. I'm not going to be able to read. I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not going to do that. I know I've got a long way to go. But to be quite honest, the RNIB have been so supportive. Valerie, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, it's great to hear 
although there are small steps you're taking, they're very positive steps. But thank you for telling us your story on RNIB Connect Radio. Thank you for listening all about me.